you bringing up George Floyd, yay, was not cool because our culture is still sensitive to that. Every black person, white person in America watched that man on that ground, yay. And when we watched that man on that ground, yay, the thing that hurt us the most, no matter if he was on drugs, no matter if he was off drugs, the most one thing that chills through everybody's body was when we heard that man call for his mama. When we heard that man call for his mama, that, that made all of us, that shit chill, I'm, it's sending chills to me right now. That's a topic you're supposed to leave alone, yeah? Don't even mess with that. You can attack the people in music all you want. I'm going to be honest with you. If you leave that out of it, you just attack the people from music, we riding with you. Because there's 100% facts in everything you said. We rocking with you. Listen, we know you a man that's suffering from a broken heart, bro. We get it. Even when you have things going on with Kim, you know, people just like, ah, he, you know, it's a man, it's a broken heart. You and your children, listen, bro, I ain't getting in that. You and your children and your wife or whatever, I'm not getting in that, right? Ugh. But when you start bringing up stuff like George Floyd, when you start wearing White Lives Matter shirts, bro, you gotta realize that a black America has a lot of trauma that we dealing with, bro. What's good, what's good, what's good? Let's clap it up, let's clap it up, let's clap it up, let's clap it up. You feel me? Listen, man, welcome to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. Come on, man, clap it up, man. Clap it up, clap it up. Each and every Tuesday, y'all know we come here to help y'all do what? Count that money. That's what we're here for, y'all. That's what we're here for, y'all. So listen, man, we got a lot of great things going on. We got a lot to talk about, right? We got a lot of money to be made. And I know for everybody that's new, I want to let y'all come sit at the table and eat with the trappers. For everybody that's coming back each and every week, welcome home. Y'all know how we get down, right? So first, I want to do something. So last week, I created this, this mantra. It is super important for us to have this. I feel like when you kind of trap in Tuesday, like you need to have like a type of initiation. I feel like you need to have something that you're proud of, something that you can say every time you're not with me. Like I want to live, I want to live in your spirit. Right? You know how people have like the a pledge of allegiance to the flag, but well, we ain't pledging to no flag. But we all gonna pledge to is increasing our family's purchasing power. What we all going to pledge to is turning our last names to an asset. What we are going to pledge to is generational freedom. Now that's something to pledge to. That's something to be an advocate for. So, let's, let's, so last week when I brought this out, everybody was like, trap, like, put it on the screen. So here's what I'm going to do. Since Isaac is back in town and he got the brown shoes on, right? What we gonna do is, oh Dave, I'm about to set a pledge and I'm gonna put the pledge on the screen. You feel me? 
Can you hear me, Dave? Dave, say he hear me, y'all. So y'all ready for the pledge? Listen, if you're ready for the pledge, I need you to say I'm ready, trap. If you're ready for the pledge, for the mantra, just a mantra, right? I need you to say I'm ready, trap. You feel me? And all night, all night, I need you to just in the chat say we trapping. Every time the night, I just need you to say we trapping all night in the chat. Everybody, here we go. Let's go. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but I will free my family. They will eat for a lifetime based off the information that I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break all the chains that angered me to that poverty mindset. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned my last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my family legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. And Wall Street looks like us now. God damn, clap it up for that, man. Woo! Clap it up for that, man. God! One more time, one more time. Hey man, listen, when I sat down and came up with that, man, I thought about something so powerful, something so profound that we will be proud to speak on. Something like, I'm, I'm thinking about it from a, from a component of, if you're chilling with your friends, you're like, yo, you know I'm a certified Wall Street trap, and they're like, yo, what that mean? And boom, you just get into the mantra on. You're like, yo, I'm increasing my family's purchasing power. Boom, no longer will I be a slave to money. Boom. Turn my last name to an asset. Boom, my aunt. That's what was in my mind when I created that. So, I want you all to, like, embed that. Impregnate that in your system. You feel me? All right, man, so before we get into, man, I feel good, man. One, one more, I feel good, y'all. I feel, I feel. <laughs> if you ain't got no money, welcome to Travel Tools, we gonna get you some money. That's the goal, man, right? So this week, I wanna I want, I want start off with something 
That's on my heart. I want to start off with something that I feel you can take with you. Something that's going to make you look at your current situation a little bit different. But before we get into that, I want you to like, I want you to subscribe, and I want you to share the channel right now. I want you to do that for me. I want you to like it, boom. Subscribe, bam. And then share with somebody, boom. Them three. And then we're going to start trapping. Right? I feel the energy, y'all. I feel it. I see y'all. Right? I see y'all. Keep trapping. All right, so here's the question I want to ask you before we get started. What is your financial routine? How does your money flow through your personal operation? What are the results of the hand that society dealt you? Right, I, want, I, want, I, want you, I want to put that back into perspective for you right quick, right? So when I say, what is your financial routine? Meaning, what, are, what is your routine when it comes to your finances? You get paid, boom. I spend money, boom. You get paid, boom. First thing I do is pay bills. You get paid, I go out to party. You get paid. Like, what is the financial routine that you have? What is that routine? Because here's the thing, y'all. No matter what it is in life, your routine makes or breaks you. The thing that you do day in and day out is what makes or breaks you. So my question, what is your financial routine? How does your money flow through your personal operation? When I say that, I'm asking you to look at yourself as a company. When I say that, your, your personal operation, I want you to look at your personal balance sheet, your personal cash flow statement, your personal. I want you to look at your personal finances, y'all. Yes, you could be a great investor. Yes, I'm going to teach you how to break down companies. Yes, I'm going to teach you how to make great investments. But I need you to understand the best investment that you can ever make is the investment in you. The returns and the dividends that you get from investing in you are infinite. Your financial routine, how your money flows through your personal operation is what determines if you go bankrupt or if your stock soars. It determines if you go bankrupt or if your company is profitable. What happens when we take on the privilege? What happens when we have the audacity? What happens when we are bold enough to look at ourselves as a company? Right now you're looking at the company of Wall Street looks like us. The CEO is Wall Street Trapper. What is the time horizon that I give on this company? And then what are the results? Once you looked at the hand that society dealt you, what are the results? What happens when you realize that the hand wasn't working at the table? Did you fold 
Did you bluff? Did you quit? Or did you start strategizing? So let's talk about the hand I was dealt. So when I look at the hand that I was dealt, I say, okay, boom. I saw my mother go to prison. I saw my mother get shot. I went to prison. I got shot. I was homeless. I had to start doing what? I had to start strategizing differently, y'all. Because I realized that some people was in the game, they were bluffing. I realized some people could have my hand and they were going to quit. But I also realized that they had people who had better hands than me. But because I had the heart and because I had the skill set and because I always play with my poker face, I could beat them. So I want you to ask yourself, did you adjust? Did you keep playing? Or did you quit? What I will say is, because you're in a trap and Tuesday, that means you still playing a goddamn game. Ha <laughs> ha! Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Hey, man, I love y'all, man. Listen, our first segment is called Word on the Street. Y'all already know, man, what we doing right here, man. You already understand that the word get on the street before it go anywhere else. The word get on the street before it go anywhere else. So today, man, we had a great day in the market, man. The S&P is up 1.63%. The Dow Jones is up 1.7%. The biggest gain is on Nike, American Express, and Boeing. Now, here's the thing about that. Last week, we talked about American Express, and we really broke that down. Like, we understand that Visa has the biggest market share, meaning out of all of the credit card companies, we understand that Visa is the biggest and the most used company of all. Right, we understand that. But when it comes to the big three, like American Express is in the big three. Here's the thing about American Express, we talked about this last week. Their customer loyalty keeps them in another league. American Express caters to a specific clientele. And because of that, that entrepreneur, that business person, or the person who's just small enough to understand that Yes, I will use the American Express card, but the points that American Express gives me is good as gold. I told you I got 4 million American Express points. So we see this. The market will reward American Express. They have a great balance sheet. They have a great management team, and they have a core product that we love. So American Express surged today. Boeing surged today, right? But also, check this out. The NASDAQ was up 2.25%. Now, what does that mean? So we know the NASDAQ mostly consists of technology companies, right? And we know, like, during these last few months this year, technology has been beaten down. But here's what I want you to understand when it comes to investing. Don't look at what's happening right now. Think forward. Think ahead. The two biggest industries in America is medical, pharmaceuticals, and technology. It's the two biggest industries in America. Here's what I want you to understand. If you can find quality companies right now in the technology sector, I think you should start getting your foot in. Now, we need high quality companies 
companies that have great balance sheets, companies that buy back dividends. Now, here's the thing. Are companies that buy back shares, I'm sorry, companies that buy back shares that have great fundamentals. Here's, let's break that down. So if a company is buying back shares of itself and the balance sheet isn't good, then that means the company most likely is taking on debt or putting itself in the worst hole to buy back those shares. We don't want a company that's doing that. We don't want a company that's doing that. We don't want a company that's putting itself in the hole to buy back shares. What we would rather that company do with that money is improve the balance sheet. If the company improves its financials, then in the long term, it can be a better investment for us. Okay, let's break that down a little more. Because I know you're like, trap, like, make me understand that. All right, so check it. Watch this. Let's say I'm $5,000 in the hole. Right, I'm $5,000 in the hole. So we look at my whole personal balance sheet. We look at everything that's coming in my house. I'm $5,000 in the hole. Boom. Income tax time come. I get $5,000 from income tax. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Ooh, it's about to hit home. Instead of taking the $5,000 and paying off debt, I take the $5,000, go buy a TV because the TV on sale. Or I take the $5,000 and go buy a furniture. Now, the furniture I may have may not be the best furniture, but if I take the $5,000 and buy the furniture, yes, I've improved the house, but I didn't improve my balance sheet. God. Y'all feel me? You feel me? So we don't want the company that's gonna go buy a sofa, we want the company that's gonna take the $5,000 off the negative Make us green and we can grind out the next year. Hey, hey, I need you to think like this. I need you to think like this. So when we looking at a company, we want to say, yo, is the company in debt? Cool. Is the balance sheet bad? Cool. Are they paying down the debt? Because if they just buying back shares, yes, the stock price is going up. Yes, they, they're giving us value. But as investors, we don't want to be greedy. We're looking for companies that can give us consistent value, paying down debt and increasing the shareholder value. Because watch this. A company that pays down debt is indirectly already increasing the value. Because a company that is paying down debt, watch this. A company that is paying down debt, now the company doesn't have to use profit to pay down debt. The company can now use profit to keep improving the products and services that they already have. Damn. I need a bud for this one. No, not that. I need this. I need this. That's what I need right there. That's what I need right there. Hey, I came cooking. I came ready to cook tonight. You see the triple bean? You see the bacon soda? You, I came ready to cook. I came ready to cook, man. You feel me? All right, man. So let's tap into earnings season, man. So last week, the banks did pretty good. 
Like overall, the banks did pretty darn good with earnings. This week, we got big tech up. We talking Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. We talking about the catalyst to the market, right? We talking about the biggest players in the game. We talking about Apple, Microsoft make up 17%, 13% of the S&P 500. We talking about that. So let's talk about it, man. So first and foremost, let's talk about my company, Chipotle, right? Let's talk about, let's talk about the burritos is burritoing, man. We talking about the guacamole is guacin', man, right? We talking about this. So man, Chipotle beat top and bottom line, which means they beat earnings and revenue, right? That came in good. Now, here's the highlight that I want to say for Chipotle, right? So they beat earnings, right? $9.51 earnings per share, expected $9.21. So what does that mean? So let's say right now the stock price for Chipotle is $1,500, right? The stock price is $1,500. So for every share that that business has, every share is $1,500 they make $9 in earnings off each share, right? So this is, how, this is how the market breaks down companies so we can understand it, right? So if the company had, let's say, $250 million in profit, they would divide that $250 million divided by all the shares they had, and that would give you a per share earning. Golly, I felt like teaching tonight. So they made $9.51 per share. Now, they beat Wall Street estimates. Because Wall Street said you're gonna make $9.21. They said, ah, ah, ah. They said, we printing money, baby. They said, we is printing money, baby. So they had a net income of $257 million. Now watch this though. The company did say they spent more money on avocados, more money on tortillas, more money on dairy, more money on packaging, and more money on labor. Meaning, because of inflation, the price of everything went up. Now this is good. Why is this good? Well, that's not good, but what is good is be, even though prices went up, they still beat earnings, and it wasn't adjusted. Plus, in-store revenue went up by 22%. So what does that mean? That means from last quarter to this quarter, more people came in the store. That's always good. Now, let me double down on that. This is the third time they've increased their prices in 15 months. This is the third time that they've increased prices in 15 months. Now, here's the strong point about that. We love companies that have pricing power. A company that can increase their prices and still keep the consumer committed. All right, let's say it again. A company that can increase pricing power 
and still keep their consumers committed. Meaning, even though we increase prices, nobody ain't leave. How do we know nobody ain't leave? Well, because the in-store revenue increased by 22%. That means even after the increase, people say, you know what? That goddamn avocados is that damn good, I'm still coming. Them got doggone bowls is that good, I'm still coming. Them burritos is that goddamn good, I am still coming. Try to Chipotle, man, for being that goddamn good. Y'all know that's one of my favorite countries. We bought it at 425. We saw it go up to 1900. It's now back down to 1500, but we good. We good, we good, we good. You feel me? Shout out to Chipotle for that, man. We love that. Next on deck is Coca-Cola, man. Warren Buffett's favorite company, man. They definitely beat. They definitely beat. The soda is sodaing, right? Calvin doing something good. Y'all remember that Coca-Cola commercial? Calvin got him. <laughs> Y'all remember Tyrese on the thing? Always Coca-Cola, yeah. <laughs> Always Coca-Cola, yeah. <laughs> Isaac laughing, y'all. Isaac laughing, y'all. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. So check it, man. Let's talk about Coca-Cola, man. Coca-Cola definitely beat the trap down, man. They beat earnings and they beat revenue. Right, but here's the dope part about Coca-Cola. What I love, right, the case volume grew by 4%, meaning people buy by the case. That 24 pack, that's it. That's a, the case grew by 4%. Yo, I'm not gonna lie, this company is really tried and tested, yo. Like Coke just be, yo, their brand is strong. So Coke breaks their brand down into two things, two models. They have what's called the finished product model, right? The finished product model is when they take the Coke, when they take the, uh, the ingredients in the bag, they put it in a bottle, and then they, right, they have that model, and then they have the unfinished model. It's just where they sell just the actual uh, formula, not the formula itself, like the, but in the pack, right? Uh, the concentrate, the concentrate. So they have two business models when it comes to Coca-Cola. They actually sell the concentrate and they have a, a finished product. Yo, that's, that's crazy that they can, be, they can be last this long. The company still has a good balance sheet. The company still has a great CEO. I always ask myself, can this company continue to grow? But the thing about it is when it comes to the beverages, no one has more beverages than Coca-Cola. They have what's called Shelf space dominance. Yo, I'm really teaching tonight, goddamn. I'm really teaching tonight. This is called shelf space dominance. I appreciate you for super chat, Queen. I see you, Nat. I see you for the super chat, you hear me? So it's called shelf space dominance, meaning when you go to the store, the Coca-Cola products will dominate the shelf space. The Coca-Cola products will dominate the shelf space. Even dope, right, here's two things that we learned. Y'all remember Monster Beverage? So Monster Beverage, the energy drink, they actually sold Coca-Cola, a portion of their business, so they can take some of the shelf space from Coca-Cola. Okay, let me make it make sense. Okay, track this out. Trap, you own this block. I can't move nothing on the block. Coca-Cola said, listen, you wanna get on this block? 
You want to you get him? A nickel bag in a park is sold. I want in. Coke said, cool, you can get some of this, but you got to give me equity in your company. Coca-Cola, Master Barrett said, hey, I'll sell you a piece of this to get the shelf space that you got across the world. It's a win-win situation. Master Beverage became the number one beverage drink in the world. It became the number one energy drink in the world. Why? They gave up a little bit of something to make a whole lot. The problem with a lot of y'all is y'all don't want to give up nothing. You want 100% of a failing business. You want 100% of nothing. Master said, listen, I'm going to give you some of this. I'm going to give you a percentage of my business to get the shelf space that you own since you dominate shelf space around the world. Let me get 5% of that shelf space, 8% of that shelf space to put this monster beverage so I can outdo Red Bull and all these other companies and they became the number one energy drink in the world. Man, business is an amazing game. All right, let's go a little further, man. Let's go a little further. I mean, uh, it is what it is. All right, so let's talk about Google, right? Let's talk about Google. Parent company is Alphabet. So Google missed earnings and they missed revenue. Now, we attribute this to a few things, right? I'm going to attribute this to a few things. What I will say is this, the highlight for Google's earnings was they did say, yo, we found new ways to monetize YouTube. Now, active users was up on YouTube, which was good, so TikTok not eating away their brand, but monetization has slacked. They are the number one search engine in the world, Okay, so when you get on a thing and you say, let me Google something, that's it, right? So they are the number one search engine. They actually pay, hold on, let me see. So Apple, Google pays Apple. Damn, I got to remember how that goes. I want to say Google pays Apple. That's right. So Google pays Apple $9 billion a year. Yeah, so Google pays Apple $9 billion a year so they can be the number one search engine on Apple, because you know Apple has Safari. There we go, right? So Apple has Safari, right? But Google pays Apple to be the leading search engine on Apple. There we go, so Google pays Apple $9 billion a year. I'm gonna go back and double check that, y'all. I'm gonna go back and check that. I think it's Google pays Apple. I don't think Apple pays Google. I think Google pays Apple. We'll get back on it. That's $9 billion a year just to be the number one search engine on that platform because Apple has over 200 million users. So that, that's a huge user base. You know what I'm saying? So Google has, you know, they miss earnings, they miss revenue, which is not good because they're in the top five social media platforms. So we, we definitely had to dig in to see. Now, I truly believe that under $100, somewhere around 95 or below, remember we talked about that? I said, listen, Google, I said, remember, I said, Google at 95 or below is 100% a buy to me, right? And here's why. The reason why I feel like that is because the one thing I do love about Google is this. They have a young user base that's increased 
and Yuga basically gets younger and younger. Right, so unlike Facebook and Instagram, you don't have eight, nine-year-olds saying, I want to be a Facebooker. I want to be an Instagrammer. Right, you don't say that. But you will find eight, nine-year-olds saying, I want to be a YouTuber. And they can really be profitable. I remember the little boy, Ryan, was nine years old. The dude made $14 million a year. I said, golly. And I looked at his channel. All he did was open up toys. Right? All he did was open up toys. So I do love that they have a growing user base. I do love they have the number one search engine, but they have to find ways to develop and monetize better. Google, YouTube Shorts is good. We definitely want to see how they monetize better. I forgot to say about that. Moving on, let's go, man. And we talk about Microsoft, man. Listen, Microsoft is one of them ones, y'all. Like, Microsoft is, is one of them ones. Because not only did the, cro the cloud grow, like, now watch what they're doing, though. So Microsoft just partnered with Facebook, right? Microsoft partnered with Facebook. Facebook is doubling down $10 billion a year on the metaverse. They partnered with Microsoft to do the Microsoft Teams inside the metaverse, right? Microsoft doubled back. They're helping Netflix. <laughs> Microsoft is helping Netflix, right? Microsoft also is competing with breaking this, Microsoft is one of the reasons why Zoom is getting broke down the way it is. Why? Because corporate America use Microsoft Teams. They don't use Zoom like talking about. Microsoft is 100%. So watch this, y'all. I bought Microsoft at $89 in 2018. $89. Now, here's the dope part about it. When you look at Microsoft, you watch the company go through transition. The company really, after Bill Gates, the company didn't grow for about 10 years. The new leadership that Microsoft has with Azure and all that, that is 100% helping that company grow. But the company is falling right now after hours. But here's what I like about it. There's some things we'll talk about today. There's some things that happened today in the market. They had a bond sell-off, a bond auction. I'll talk to you all about what a bond auction is. But here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to think about. You're looking at a company that's sitting on $100 billion in free cash. You're looking at a company that has an amazing management team. You're looking at a company that has a great balance sheet. Let me ask you this question. On the other side of this recession is what you call expansion. This is when America opens up and grows. Who do you think would be at the head of that? From now on, I want you to think like that. I want you to ask yourself this question. On the other side of this business cycle, which is the recession, which you'll get into the trough, the other side of that is expansion. We talked about the four business cycles. On the other side of recession, that expansion cycle, who do you think will be on the other side of that? Those are the companies that you need to be looking at. Don't look at what's going on right now. Right now is the time you go bargain shopping. Right now is the time you line up in front of Walmart with the basket waiting on Black Friday. This is what you're doing right now. You're bargain shopping for assets 
that appreciate on the other side of this. The cloud revenue increase, the business process revenue increase, what did go down was the personal computer revenue. Because here's what I realized about that. People don't always buy PCs. When a person buys a personal computer, they're not buying another computer for two years. Like, people not buying computers every year. You buy one computer, you're waiting two years, three years to buy another computer. So I was looking at that, but I'm not worried. I'm, not, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not even bothered about Microsoft at all. Let's go, man. Woo! How we feeling tonight, man? We trapping? How we feel? Are we trapping? Do we feel good? I need everybody in the chat to say we trapping. I need everybody in the chat to say we trapping. Now, Visa. Visa is one of the staples in this game. Right? They beat earnings. They beat revenue, man. But here's the one thing that I like what Visa said. So a while back, a couple weeks ago, we saw the uh, federal, with that FedEx, the CEO of FedEx came on TV. He was hooping and hollering. We in a recession. He blamed everybody but his poor management on why his company falling. He blamed everybody but his poor management. He blamed everybody but his adjustments on why his company beat, I mean, missed earnings. When we looked at UPS, we looked at the banks, and now we're looking at Visa, here's what Visa said. We saw strong consumer spending. We have a strong consumer outlook on what's ahead. Visa said we do see some increases, some decreases, some fear, but we have strong, the consumer is strong. And so we see companies like, so there's certain companies in every industry, they words is low, right? They word is low. So when you think about banking, when you see JP Morgan say something or Goldman Sachs say something, you're like, that's low. When Apple say something, that's low. When Visa say something, that's low. Y'all feel me on that? So Visa say we see strong consumer spending. He said strong e-commerce spending and strong travel pay, meaning he's seeing people traveling. Remember, Visa is the most used credit card in the world. So they gauging, they telling us where people spending their money at. When Walmart say something, that's the law. When that man from FedEx start tripping, bro, we not listening to you, bro. Bro, it's your fault your company not winning. It's your fault your company is missing earnings and revenue. It's your fault. Don't blame this recession. Can I tell y'all something right quick? I honestly don't think it's going to get that bad. I think, here's what I think. This is just me. I think we will go into a mild recession. But I don't think we're going to go into the 1929 type of depression. I don't think we're going to have this financial, like, catastrophe that everybody is proclaiming. 
Because the one thing I've learned about this game is this. When everybody thinks they right, somebody wrong. Everybody keep pounding, recession, recession. We are in one. We are in one. But in my mind, I don't think we're going to get as bad as some people are. Like some people are saying, like, yo, it's about to be a winter. I feel like it's bad right now. But I feel like people, like if you make some adjustments in your lifestyle, if you make some adjustments right now, like a lot of people just blaming everything they got on a recession. There's a recession. I you, bro, you was in a recession before this. Sis, you, was in a, you, was, you had inflation eating up your money because you got bad spending habits. You ain't got no type of financial control. All right, boom, y'all gonna be mad at Trapper Santa, but it's okay, I'm, I'm built for that. I'm built for that, right? I think we're gonna get a soft recession, 100%, but I don't think it's gonna be as dramatic as they saying. I, in my mind, feel like they understand how to manipulate the market with words, and so that gives them a better opportunity to play the game. Remember, Bill Ackman came on TV and during the um, pandemic. It's about to be crazy. It's about to be an economic winter. Duh, 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 duh. Turn around, he turned 200 million to 2.2 billion off him coming on TV causing that panic. They know how to play the game. They know how to manipulate the market. If I keep pumping fear every day, all day, every day, all day, I can then make positions and maneuver in the game that's going to benefit me. Why? Because the market is emotional. And if the right people say it, we see what's going to happen. Are we in a recession right now? Yes. Will it get a little bit worse? Yes. Will it get 2008 bad? I don't think so. Because in 2008, the banks crashed. The banks right now are sitting on $6 trillion in cash. We talked about this on Trapman Tuesday, episode 10. The banks sitting on $10, $6 trillion in cash. We talked about this last episode. The banks not lending out no money. We talked about this last episode. The banks are sitting on 450, 350, 250, 280 million dollars in loss prevention, meaning they got money sitting on the side waiting for you to say, I can't pay this credit card. They got money sitting on the side saying, I'm waiting for you to say, I can't pay these bills. They already ready. I can't pay my rent. Bet I got the money sitting on the side of it already. They already prepared. If the banks prepare, how are we going to lose? 2008, the banks got caught off guard. Boom. They didn't know Lehman Brothers were playing like that. Boom. It caused a crash. Ripple effect. Everybody feel. We can't do nothing about it. But they sitting here ready. Go look at the earnings call from last week. Everybody said we got lost prevention money. The bank's sitting on $6 trillion in cash. Man, stop playing with me. You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? All right, man. Let's go, man. Let's get into the heat check right quick, man. If we trap, and say we trap, you hear me? All right, man. So we in the heat check right now. So the heat check is, we talk about this all day. It lets us know 
why the market moving the way it's moving? Right, so this month, this, today we had 831,480 puts. I mean, we had 831,000 people that went against the market, short the market, said the market was gonna go down. We had 1.5 million put in calls, meaning it was optimistic. So we had 1.5 million calls put in. We now see why the market was what? Green. Right? Because anytime you got more puts than calls, that means the market's gonna be red. Anytime you got more calls than puts, that means the market gonna be green. Today, we had an amazing green day. And mind you, this gives us three green days in a row. Now, here's what I want you to understand. I don't want you go singing in the rain thinking we out the, thinking we out the woods. I'm singing in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. With glorious feeling, I'm happy again. No, don't go do that. We not out the woods, yo. We got a lot. <laughs> I can't believe I remember that goddamn song. <laughs> Carlton Banks. So listen, I want you to understand that we still are in a bear market. We still are what's having what's called a bear market rally. We talked about this before. We will have 16, 17, 18% rallies. This is what happens. But on the backside of that, the market will go down. Now, for me, I'm not going to lie. I predicted that before it's over with, we will see the S&P at 3,200. That is my number. We got down to 3,400 real close, and then now we back up, right? And I think it's part of what's going on, um, but I want us to just pay attention. I want us to be cool. I don't want us to jump the gun. I don't want you to make no investments right now saying, damn, I might well get in nine and catch that. Don't say that. Just chill. Be cool. It's all right. Alright, let's go, man. Heat check. Let's rock, man. How we? I'm feeling good tonight. Alright, so these are the industries, man. These are the ten industries that did really good. We're talking about a man: consumer discretionary, consumer staples, energy, all to the good, financials, healthcare, industrials, materials, real estate, information technology, communications, and utilities. Everything did pretty damn good today. Pretty damn good today. Let's go, man. How we feeling, man? How we feeling, man? All right. So let's talk about something I saw today. What other day? Gas on gas. So now, in 2023, Circle K, 10 Circle K locations in Florida will be selling weed. That's right. You go get you some gas, and then you go get some gas. You go get you some gas, and then you get you some gas. 10 gas stations in Circle K. So Circle K partnered with Green Thumb Cannabis, man. They will, Circle K owns 600 chains in Florida. Right now, they're going to start off with 10 locations, and they're going to increase, right? Now, check this out. Because of this news, we saw that Constellation Brands, so Constellation Brands partnered with Cannabis Grow a while back, right? That company serves 27% today. See how news make things move, right? So because Constellation Brands, and which is the biggest marijuana company, partnered with, I'm sorry, Cannabis Grow, which is the biggest marijuana company, partnered with Constellation Brands back in 2018, right? That company, Canopy Growth, surged 27% today. Gas on gas on gas. Go give me some. Hey, give me that 93. 
and give me that 93. <laughs> I don't smoke no more, y'all. I ain't smoked in maybe three, four years, man. So, but I will say that their partnership will deepen because this is a this is a good look. This is a good look for can. This is a good look for people who are looking in the marijuana industry. This is a good look. This is what you want to see. You want to see things like that, right? Let's go, man. So. Venmo, right? So today Venmo partnered, launched, uh, PayPal launched Venmo on Amazon. Now, y'all know I like Amazon. I mean, y'all know I like PayPal. Here's my thing on that. Now, Venmo currently has 90 million users, right? Plus, they're going to exude those exclusive offer with PayPal points. Now, I'm going to keep it real all the time, though. I don't know how this works. And I'm going to be real. I don't know how this works. Here's why I don't know how this works. Because most, the average person who's on Amazon, my card information already in there. You feel me? So I don't know how this works. I'm just keeping it real. Y'all know I like PayPal. I'm rocking with them. Now, Will they add revenue to Venmo? Now, remember, PayPal has been had Venmo for 10 years. They're, they're, they've constantly tried to figure out how to make this segment of their business profitable, right? They, you know, I always say, if you make a bad decision, you can either do one or two things. You can cut the decision or you can double down on the bad decision. I'm thinking they're trying to double down on it, right? So I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't know how this works. I'm just keeping it real. I see it and I'm... I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, because Amazon is the biggest e-commerce brand in the business, you will get some revenue from it. You will get revenue from it. But I don't see how this works. Because the average person who is on Amazon my card information already there. I'm not about to not use my card to log into Venmo to, I don't know. Let's go, man. <laughs> All right, man, so now we did see something crazy today, well, this week. So Tesla, so first of all, the Chinese economy is, yeah, my man over there going crazy. My man over there, he, yo, he, so he put out some new rules, say, yo, we are looking at growth. He's going to change some things up in the Chinese economy. And with, and here's what I want us always to understand. Like, all of these countries are connected in some way, shape, form, or fashion, y'all. Like, don't think that they don't be connected. It's kind of like me, so especially with China and America, right? You're looking at two, <laughs> you're looking at, like, that's like Tyson Holyfield. Or maybe not. Maybe, maybe Ali Frazier. That's better, because Holyfield whooped the piss out of Tyson. Right? So that's cool. <laughs> hey, Mike, I don't mean no harm, bro. I don't mean no harm, bro. I don't mean no harm. I don't want. Champ. 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 All right? But let's think about like Ali. Like, these are two countries that don't like each other, but yet they need each other. You feel me? Why? We talked about it. China is the number one company manufacturer. The U.S. economy is built off what? Consumerism. Right? Consumerism. 
Now, so what Tesla decided to do was reduce the price on the Model 3 and the Model Y in China by 9%. So the average range of the cost would be somewhere around $30,000, right? So, but my thing is, what does that mean for other EV companies? My question is, does this now slow down EV? Does this mean something to EV? Right? Does this mean something to the EV world? Because remember, Tesla sets the president. Tesla sets the president for the EV market. So that's just something for y'all to think about, man. It's just something for y'all to think about, man, right? Let's go, man. How we feeling, man? Alright, so I wasn't gonna talk about this, y'all. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I wasn't gonna talk about this. I wasn't gonna talk about it at all because I feel like, um, I feel like it, we giving it too much attention. But I will say this, man. And I'm not saying I agree with all the stuff Ye be saying. But I do say there's truth, there's truth in the mix of some of that. I think his delivery is horrible. I think if his delivery was better, what he's saying could be more impactful. It's kind of like him saying, you ain't got the answer, Sway, and he come back and hold on and say, damn, Sway had the answer. Right? I think the way he delivers the message and what he's saying, he has truth. But I think there's a lot of emotion involved with it as well. And I feel like, I remember Dave, Dave Chappelle said something, and it, it meant a lot to me. Dave Chappelle said, never call a person crazy. He said, you never call a person crazy because you never know, you never know what happened to make that person think the way they think. And he said, especially when you plan in the entertainment world. And he said a couple of things. He said, why do you think I turned down a $50 million deal for the Chappelle show when I had the number one show on TV? He said, why do you think I turned down the $50 million? He said, because they tried to make me look crazy. He said, why do you think Martin Lawrence is on, this is at the time when Martin ran on the interstate with the pistol and he was shooting in the air. He said, that man was, got the, one of the hottest shows on TV. He said, the media, there's things that are going on in Hollywood and things that are going on in the entertainment world that people will never know and never understand. And so with that, I'm going to say this. I think Kanye is probably one of the most brilliant people of our time. I think the dude is phenomenal. I think he is a, he is a trendsetter. From music to fashion, 100%. But I also feel like he isolates himself because of some of his thoughts and actions. He says something like some of the things, like the George Floyd stuff that he says, yay, we don't need that. We ain't need that from you. But I'm from New Orleans, so George Bush don't like black people was something that was, I need, we needed that. You feel me? Like, so his boldness. Here's what I think. I think sometimes when you get away with, with saying certain stuff, now you just start saying everything that's on your mind. And that's not cool.
you bringing up George Floyd, yay, was not cool because our culture is still sensitive to that. Every black person, white person in America watched that man on that ground, yay. And when we watched that man on that ground, yay, the thing that hurt us the most, no matter if he was on drugs, no matter if he was off drugs, the most one thing that chills through everybody's body was when we heard that man call for his mama. When we heard that man call for his mama, that, that made all of us, that shit chill, I'm, it's sending chills to me right now. That's a topic you're supposed to leave alone, yeah? Don't even mess with that. You can attack the people in music all you want. I'm going to be honest with you. If you leave that out of it, you just attack the people from music, we riding with you. Because there's 100% facts in everything you said. We rocking with you. Listen, we know you a man that's suffering from a broken heart, bro. We get it. Even when you have things going on with Kim, you know, people just like, ah. He, you know, it's a man, it's a broken heart. You and your children, listen, bro, I ain't getting in that. You and your children and your wife or whatever, I'm not getting in that, right? Ugh. But when you start bringing up stuff like George Floyd, when you start wearing White Lives Matter shirts, bro, you got to realize that a black America has a lot of trauma that we dealing with, bro. And you can't punch us in the face with your facts and we still dealing with trauma. So yes, we know white lives matter, bro, but, that's, but the black ones is the ones we trying to fight for. We trying to make them realize that our life matter too. We trying to stop getting killed by the police, yeah? We trying to stop mass incarceration, yeah? This is what we trying to stop. So that was a slap in the face, bro. And so when you double back and you now, we so mad at this, we don't even want to hear that. We so mad at you for the George Floyd and the White Lives Matter shirt, we don't even want to hear the truth that you speaking about the music industry. So you, you can't, yeah, we love you, bro, but you can't put us in them type of situations. You put us in them situations and now we gotta, and that's this something I always tell my people, I always want you to be proud that you follow me. I never want you to have to defend why you follow me. I tell my trappers that all the time. I want you to be justified. I want you to be like, I follow trappers, you a real one, because of this and because of that. I don't never want you to have to justify, well, I know he did this wrong, but this, that ain't it. And so now, yeah, we in a situation where even the people who love your brilliance, we tired of even justifying the shit that you're doing, bro. Even though you speaking truth. Even though you speaking truth. I've always said that, man. And that's one of the reasons why I love what we doing right here is because we making financial literacy, we making investment cool. The reason why we do the wealth track, shout out to the homie Mickey Facts. The reason why we do the wealth track is because I say, yo, there are so many rappers that talk about wealth and investing and so much dope stuff inside of their verses, we don't highlight none of that. All we keep highlighting is the dumb stuff. So yeah, there's so much facts in what you're saying. You said, watch this, I'ma do this, I'ma do that. This man messed your chick, I'ma kill him. This man messed your chick, I'ma kill him. Yep, we know they make a billion dollars off that, yeah? And nobody ain't complaining. So if you just stick to that, if you give us that, we gonna rock with you. Because there's so many statements that solidify what you're saying. We willing to back you, bro. 
So Kanye loses the deal with Adidas. He loses the deal with Balenciaga. He loses the deal with Gap. He loses all his deals. Now, here's the crazy part. Again, you get on TV and you say, Adidas can't drop me. Adidas can't drop me if they wanted to. Here's the crazy part about it. Adidas loses $240 million alone just from dropping you. They lose $240 million alone just from dropping you. That's in this year's revenue. Plus what they got to pay you. Plus it's going to get worse for them next year. Now, they're probably going to have to need about three to four people to try to make up for what you was bringing. 100%. The CEO is stepping down. The company cut guidance would made the stock go down even more so. But check this out. You can't push people in a corner. Yay. I'm pretty sure the people didn't. That's why the people ain't never make a statement about you. Because they were like, man, we good. But when you start saying stuff on TV like, they can't drop me. They can't drop me. They dare not drop me. That's putting me in a corner, yay. Even if I, I didn't won't drop you. I know what you meant to the business. Now I gotta drop you. Now I gotta cut ties. Just cause we don't want the hassle. So I just want everybody to understand this, man. Even when you have leverage in business, don't put people in the corner. It's always said something, man. Don't force a loyal person to do something unloyal. And I'm going to get off that. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling, man? Good. So check this out. <sighs> Something great happened today. The USA had what's called a bond auction. A bond auction is when you can... As, a, as, a, as an American citizen, you can bid on bonds. Sovereign bonds, which is going to be in the form of T-notes with maturity dates of 1 to 10 years. T-bills, which got maturity dates between 1 to 10 years. What this bond auction does is for $42 billion worth of two-year notes were auctioned off. What this does is this tells us the credibility or the credit worthiness of a country. Right? So let's, let's talk about how bonds are used for a second. So this is how bonds are used. Let's say I had, I wanted to build my studio. I needed a hundred thousand dollars. I needed $100,000, so I gave away, I had up for auction, 10 $10,000 bonds, right? Y'all with me on that? Each bond gave you a yield of 10%, which means you bought the bond for 10000 If I had a three-year maturity on it, that means the first year, I would give you $1,000 back because 10% of 10,000 is what? 1,000. So the first year, I would give you 1,000 back. The second year, I would give you 1,000 back. The third year, I would give you 1,000 back plus your 10,000 back. Does that make sense? Does that make sense to everybody? That is a 10-year bond. 
I mean, that is a three-year bond with a 10% yield. So the maturity on the bond is three years. The percentage on the bond was 10%. The bond costed $10,000. So 10 bonds at $10,000 gives us $100,000. So I wanted to borrow $100,000 without going to the bank and putting that debt on my balance sheet. So I issued bonds, which is paper notes. I issued the paper notes out. The paper notes said, listen, for this $10,000, I'm going to give you 10% for three years. So I'm going to give you 1,000 one year, 1,000 two year, 1,000 the third year, plus your $10,000 back. That's how bonds work. That's how bonds work. Okay? Now, today, $42 billion in bonds on a two-year notes were auctioned off. Now, here's what I want you to understand about that. These sovereign bonds, you and I can get. Inside of these bonds, what's called intraday government bonds, what happens is 90% of those bonds are in, watch this, Social Security, pension plans, for government and military workers. 90% of that is inside of it. Now, these bond auctions, you and I are also allowed to buy bonds from the government. You and I are allowed to buy bonds from the government. I want you to know that. You can go to treasurydirect.com.gov or you can go to your bank and you can buy government bonds. Now, let me not be the best. Now, let me say this. Let me, let me be 100% sure. You will not get 10% on no bond. Let me, let me clear that up right quick. I use that as an example for simple mathematic purposes. You is not getting, <laughs> you is not getting no 10% on that bond. You know what I'm saying? So you're not getting that. But that's how the, that's how the government pays you in bonds. So I definitely want to put that out there, man. Let y'all know that. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling, man? Listen, I came to tease tonight. You know what I'm saying? Again, we talked about it, man. The bond auction is how you gauge the credit worthiness of the government, right? It is a way for the public to simply invest in bonds, whether it's in T-bills, T-notes that mature, right? Um, one, one to 10-year 10, 10 bonds, maturity on it, Social Security. This is a great way if you want it. So what happens is we talk about fixed income. When we talk about fixed income, when we talk about fixed income, that's mostly what people are talking about. When we talk about fixed income, people are talking about bonds. Let's go, man. Ain't we trapping tonight, man? I feel good, man. All right, so I want to get into this right quick, man. I thought about something. I said, yo, let me talk to the people about what I see myself doing for the next five years. I'm thinking about setting up what's called a big trap ETF, right? Now, it's not going to be for y'all to invest in. It's going to be for us to track how trap doing in the market. You feel me? So every time we're going to show like annually what the big trap ETF is doing, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a little fun, man. We're going to, we're going to put that up and we're going to say, so for the next five, three to five years, here's what I see, man. I see defense, aerial space and defense. I see technology. I see healthcare, I see banking, I see agriculture. 
I think these are the five sectors that we could be in over the next five years. And I'm going to just break it down to you why I said. So first on the list is defense. Right? So when we're looking at defense, defense covers everything. Land, sea, air, capabilities of electronics and cybersecurity. We're talking weapons. We're talking satellites. We're talking about intelligence. We talk about even certain medicines can be defense because biological warfare is a thing. I don't care what nobody say. That's how we got COVID. I don't care what nobody talking about. And I feel like that's going to be another way for people to fight wars. People not about to be going bomb and do all that no more. Why? Because it's easier to give somebody a cough. It's easier to put something on the surface, somebody touch it, you get monkeypox. This is how these things happen. So the next thing I feel like we should be in is technology. Why are we talking about the manufacturing of electronics? We're talking about the creation of software, computers, products and services that relate to information, chip manufacturing. Listen, y'all, the technology sector is the most attractive growth industry in the economy. Because when we think about forward thinking, what we do see is, as we grow as a country, so will technology. So if you're looking inside of these tired industries, then that's why I think we should be at. The next thing I think we should be at for sure is maybe healthcare, right? Healthcare is 100% the third, second or third biggest industry in America. We're talking about biotech companies, we're talking about health insurance providers, pharmaceutical companies, companies that manage the clinics, hospitals. Uh, we're also talking about companies that produce home health products. Like the healthcare is definitely a fast growing industry. Also there's a thing called med tech, which is medical technology, which is where I like to be at too. We're talking about pacemakers, heart makers. We talk about, you know, any type of electronic that go, because, you know, they're putting chips inside your heart, inside your brain to breathe. Like, med tech is definitely a thing. So healthcare, you know, I like the Eli Lilly's. I like those Medtronics. I like these type of businesses. So definitely healthcare is a place that I think we should be as trappers. Next, I think we should be in banking. I think that the banking industry is one of the catalysts to America, right? We're talking about the banking industry alone has $17 trillion in assets, and it consists of $238 billion in revenue annually. That's a whole lot of money. All right? So banking service, we're talking about money management. We're talking about investing. We're talking about credit cards. We're talking about lending insurances, we're talking about services, we're talking about real estate services and fintech. This is Trap Big Side. This is my starting five. I'm telling y'all how it is. Right? Banking collapses, so does America. 100%. And lastly, but not least, agriculture. I think agriculture is a place where we need to be at. Um, we're talking fertilizers, pesticides, seeds, processes of livestock, many agriculture stocks are considered consumer staples, right, because also artificial vegetation is a thing. 
We've already seen where we have labs, where robots, they planting the seeds, they using this. Listen, this is a thing. As the economy grows, as we go from 6 billion to 7 billion to 8 billion people, ain't that many cows, chickens, lambs, fish, goats out here, y'all. Plant-based. They're coming up with a lot of different ways to do stuff. This is a huge industry with big profits, big cash flows, and big dividends. This is Trap's Big Five, man, so I definitely wanted to Let's clap for that, man. Let's, let's clap for Trap Big Five, man. I like that. All right, man, so this segment right here is called Learning the Lingo, right? Because I feel like, you know, if you don't understand the language of them investing, you can't invest. If you don't understand the language, you can't play the game. This is the reason why a lot of us don't play the game, because we understand it, right? So this segment is brought to you by none other than Trappers Anonymous, man. Travelers Anonymous is an amazing group, amazing community of people who are dedicated to learning how to invest, that are dedicated to healing financial trauma, and that is dedicated to being comfortable with making financial decisions. We do everything dope in that group, man, from we got a day Mondays called Moat Monday where we talk about companies with moats and what does that look like, Ticker Symbol Tuesday, Wild Out Wednesday, ETF Thursday, Drip Friday, where we talk about dividends. Study the Great Saturday and the famous live from the kitchen on Sundays. If you're dedicated, you want to come join Trappers Anonymous, man, the link is in the description. To all my Trappers and Trappers Anonymous, what's good? To everybody that's welcome to come, man, welcome home. Come sit at the table with us. Come learn how to play this game. Come learn how to feed your family. Come learn how to make great investments that everybody can eat of for a lifetime. So this week's Learn the Lingo is Capital Gains. So listen, the increase in capital assets value um, and it's realized when the asset is sold. So basically saying, check this out, it's the profit on an investment that you got to pay taxes on. It's that simple. It's that simple. Chip said, that's why I call it Learn the Lingo. If I say the definition, you're gonna be like, what, Trap? Listen. The increase in capital in capital in the capital assets value. Listen to that. The increase in the capital assets value, and it is realized when the asset is sold. Now, some people are gonna be like, "Y'all know what that means, trap." The rest of us are gonna be like, "Bro, I don't know what the hell you just said, but a whole bunch of words, trap." So basically, it's this: it is the profit you made from an asset, and then you sold it, and you gotta pay taxes on it. It's simple. You buy a house for $200,000, the house goes up in value, you sell it for 250. The 50 is the capital gains. When you sell it, what you realize means you sold it, and you pay the taxes on the 50. That is capital gains. You're not paying the taxes on the 200, you're paying the taxes on the 50. When you got a stock, you make such and such, when you make the stock, bought it for 100, it goes up to $300, you got $200, when you sell it, you're paying the, two, the gains on the $200, that's the gains. That's the gains. The gains is the $200. Not the, you didn't make 300, you bought it for 100, it's at 300, you didn't make $300, you made $200. The 200 is the profit, that's the capital gains. Tax on the profit, boom! <laughs> hey, I'm really, hey, hey! 
Let's see, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? This is my thing? This is my thing? Wait, wait. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Let's go, man. So, man, y'all know this is one of my favorite parts of the show right here. It is called the Certified Trapper of the Week. Now, I started off doing like the Warren Buffets and the Peter Lynches and all them people, and I realized, you know what, this ain't their show. They talk about them on CNN all day. So I took that off, and I dedicated this segment of the show to talking about amazing investors, amazing black men, black women that have been impactful to our culture, millionaires, successful businessmen and women that we don't know about. And so far, yo, I've been knocking this out of the park. So this week, we're going to talk about none other than this amazing black man by the name of Robert Reed Church. Right? So he built a reputation for great wealth um, and influence in the business community. Right? The Solvent Savings and Bank was the first owned black bank in Memphis, which extended credit to black owners to buy homes and to develop businesses. He used his wealth to also develop playgrounds, parks, auditoriums, and other facilities inside of the black community. He also understood that we were excluded by race and segregation, so he traveled between Memphis and New Orleans, that 504, right? My hometown, where he laid down his influence, right? He purchased his first $100,000 municipal bond. We talk about bonds. He purchased a $1,000 municipal bond to help his city recover from bankruptcy. He was able to acquire commercial real estate. He's able to acquire residential real estate and residential housing in the red light district and some underdeveloped land. Remember, y'all, we talk in 1878 and 1879, he was averaging anywhere between $8,000 and $10,000 a month in rent on his properties. Shout out to this king, man, Robert Reed Church. We appreciate you, king. We love you, king, for setting a standard and showing us that we can be great businessmen, great businesswomen, and investors. Church is also, he was also the largest landowner in the state of Tennessee black or white. I can't forget that. He was the largest landowner in Tennessee, black or white. Shout out to that king, man. Golly. Yo, we some good. We, we, hey, hey, hey. You know how to trap, man. Let's go, man. That was our certified trap of the week, man. And y'all know we're going to go to this segment is breaking down a brick. So, what I like to do with this segment is take one company and break it down so we can see the different segments of that business, right? So today's business is the Caring Group. So the Caring Group, you can find it on your, not on Robinhood, on a bigger company, on a bigger platform. 
The ticker symbol is P-P-R-U-Y. This is the company that owns Gucci. This is the company that owns um, Ventega. This is the company that owns Saint Laurent. This is the company that has a partnership with uh, Balenciaga, um, that owns Balenciaga, has a partnership with Puma, owns Alexander McQueen. This is that company. We talking about Gucci. So remember when people were saying, I'm boycotting Gucci, but you still was buying Balenciaga. You didn't really boycott Gucci. I'm boycotting Gucci, but you still bought Alexander McQueen. You really didn't boycott Gucci. I'm boycotting Gucci, but you still bought the Bottega shoes. You didn't really boycott Gucci. I'm boycotting Gucci, but you bought YSL. You didn't really boycott Gucci. I want you to know that. So the company is under ticket symbol PPRUY. It is an OTC stock because it is a foreign stock. But I just wanted to put this out here. A couple weeks ago, we talked about LVMH, and now we're talking about this company right here. So I'm just showing this to show you to understand that when you're buying these companies, they're all connected by the hip. And so when we saying we not rocking with this company, I want you to go to understand the companies that's connected with one company. PPRUY, the Karen Group. Breaking down the break. Let's go, man. So this week, you know, this is my favorite segment of all. We're gonna, I don't just talk about like, I talk about all artists in the rap game that's giving jewels. Because hip hop is more than about having sex with women. It's more than about killing. It's more than selling drugs. It's more than what big house you bought. It's more than the BS that they talk about. But we understand that that's what make them money. Trapping Tuesdays is not just about me coming up here talking about stocks. Y'all notice we give open statements. We talk about family. We talk about finances. We make the game relatable. CNBC be on TV all day, but it ain't relatable. That's what Trapping Tuesdays is all about. And so when we listening to rap, y'all, there's some artists, a lot of artists that really give us game. But the music industry makes a lot of money off rappers and entertainers being dumb. Just like the sports industry make a lot of big money off athletes being dumb. Ain't no way in the world you can tell me you give a man $100 million and he broke. Ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me you give a man $50, $60 million and he broke. Ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me a man is selling out stadiums and arenas and going on tours around the world and selling tapes and he broke. Or she broke. Ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me TLC was one of the hottest groups in the world and they were broke. But this monster feeds off ignorance. This monster feeds off you not knowing. Which is why 85% of the people who hit the lottery are poor people. And they broke in five years. Because we think money can fix the issue. But what happens when you get the money, you just become a rich slave. 
because you got the PPRUIs, you got the caring groups, you got the LVMHs that is designed to continuously create stuff for you to buy. The minute you feel like, yo, man, I don't want to miss out on these shoes, the minute you buy them, the next day they got another petty about to drop. It may not be from the Gucci brand, but it may be from the Saint Laurent brand, or it may be from the Balenciaga brand, or it may be from the Bottega brand, all under the same tree. So again, when you got artists like D1, Mickey Fax, uh, we talked about Joey Badass. When you got artists like that Nip, the late great Nip, when you Jay Z, when you got artists that's breaking down game for us in the midst of their bars. And I'm going to be real with you, I'm not the person to tell you, give me a whole soundtrack, all 12 songs, all 12 songs, financial literacy. I'm not going to tell you that. But if you can wrap the medicine up in candy, I'm with that. I'm with that. Wrap the medicine up in candy. You know what they did us when we was young. So let's talk about a man. D1 has a song called Residual. He says in the chorus, this is the hook. This is just the hook. I've been grinding all my life. I ain't doing this for free. Working for them dead presidents. Now they work for me. Every night I sleep, I make them clock in for their shift. Got my money making money passive. Income, that's a gift. Real estate, stock market, and some crypto. Profit margins good when I flip those. That's just a hook. Like, I'm going to come back in a couple weeks and break down other stuff. He, like, that song is crazy. Shout out to my homie from New Orleans. But let's talk about it. I've been grinding all my life. I ain't doing this for free. Just let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. How many of us have been grinding our whole life and all we can do is pay bills? We've been grinding our whole life. All we can do is pay bills. And so now we start saying stuff like this to cope with that. As long as my bills paid, I'm good. But you know you ain't good. You want more out of life. Ain't a human in this world can tell me they work every day just to pay their bills and take care of their children and they good. But we got to tell ourselves that to cope with the bullshit. That ain't what we want. Especially when we see people living their best life. We see people traveling for a living. Instagram made it even worse because now we get, at first we didn't get to see all of it, but in books and, but now we get to get on Instagram, we see people in Italy, in Rome. I don't care if you ain't even want to go to Rome. Just because you see people in Rome, you look, damn, I might want to go to Rome one day. You see people in Africa, you see people in Dubai, you see people in Spain, you see people just living their best life. Ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me as a human being that know they got all this potential in this world that you cool with going to work, paying your bills, and taking care of your children. If you do, you a damn lie, you know it. But what happens is the system is designed to feed off our ignorance. The system is designed to keep us in a certain position. I'm not even going to say entrepreneurship. But this is why investing is so important. 
the most important financial decision you will ever make in this world is how much of your money you're going to make work for you. So my homie says, I've been grinding all my life. I ain't doing this for free. I want you to start grinding for a purpose. I want you to stop grinding for everybody else. I want you to stop grinding just to pay the rent. I want you to stop grinding just to pay the car note. I want you to stop grinding just to pay the light bill. I want you to stop grinding just to get Christmas presents. I want you to stop grinding just to get birthday presents. I want you to stop grinding just to take one trip a year. I want you to stop grinding just to have a week and off to go back and hate to go to work Monday. I want you to wake up every day like, you know what, I'm about to go to work. Yo, I'm about to make this job work for me. My homie Double Don and said, working for them dead presidents. Now they work for me. He got another verse, another bar in that say, I got six employees and he named them Grant Jackson. He go through it. So look what he said. Every night when I'm asleep, I make them clock in for the night shift. Here's what I want you to understand. A dollar that's not moving is a dollar that's losing. So when I'm asleep, when I'm chilling, if my money working for me, that's a good night's sleep. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me hit home a little bit. How many times have you went on vacation for a couple days you got to cut the vacation short because you got to go to work tomorrow. You got to leave the party a little early because you got to work tomorrow. You got to not enjoy your friends like you want to because you got to go to work tomorrow. See, the only way we get out of that is if we start employing our money. Because here's the thing. You get tired. You got to eat. That money don't. It can work every day, all day, and twice on Sundays. So that's double down to it. He said, got my money making passive income. It's a gift. <laughs> the more money you can make without you having to work for it, that's the more time you bought back. That's the more your 24 hours that you can now have possession of. Watch this. Then he doubled back and gave us the vehicles, real estate, stock market, and some crypto. Right? He said, yo, this is my three. He said, this is my three, real estate. Because look, as a rapper, as an artist, he going to put in the work. As a rapper and as an artist, he going to put in the work. He clocking in. But he said, real estate, stock market, and some crypto. Profit margin looking good when I flip those. That's telling us that he has the, in, he has the intelligence to make good investments. Because the only way you can get a good profit margin when you flip something is if you made a good investment. So I want everybody in here to dedicate themselves to making a good investment. Shout out to my homie D1 with residuals. He on a well track. Let's clap on.
and then let's rack some money up. All right, y'all, so the last segment of the day is always, it's just me and you having a heart to heart. We call it wise words from the OG. You are your best investment. You are your best investment. The great part about an investment is not how much it makes right now, but how much it can make in the future. How can it compound for me? How can it increase in value for me? What are the dividends that I get from it? When is the last time you invested in yourself? When is the last time you looked at something you knew was a great investment, but you talked yourself out of it? Because in your mind, you told yourself, this costs too much. It's too expensive. The reason why people will say something is too expensive is because they start associating the price at what it took for them to get that money. So when you look at something and you say $5,000, that's too much. It's because you look at what it took you to make $5,000. How many hours of your time did you have to sell to get $5,000? How much sleep did you have to sacrifice to get $5,000? How long did you have to sit in that car before and after work to decompress to get $5,000? I'm here to tell you that The $5,000 isn't too expensive. The cost of not having the $5,000 is what's expensive. I want you to understand that money is infinite. I want you to understand that the opportunities are infinite. The thing that's stopping you is the belief that you have that you're capable. So many people want to build wealth. So many people want to change the dynamics of their family. So many people want to be the first generation millionaire. But in your core, you don't believe it. What I want you to do today is invest in your belief system. I don't care about you investing in a stock. I don't care about you investing in real estate. I don't care about you investing in a business. I want you to invest in your belief system. I want you to invest in the idea that you're capable. 
Because once you know that, there is no cap on you. I remember sleeping in the car, y'all. Telling myself, I can't wait till this is my past. I remember sleeping in a car, y'all, smiling with my Nike bag in the back seat, smiling because I knew one day I was going to reflect on this and laugh about how far I came. The problem is the right now hurts so bad. You need temporary relief. And the temporary relief is what sets you back. In order to build wealth, you gotta be willing to endure the pain pain of sacrifice, the pain of cutting friends off because they don't see the vision, the pain of not being around people you grew up with because they still been on the same thing the last 5, 10, 15 years. You got to be willing to turn, endure that pain and go somewhere else. You got to be willing to release yourself from that pain. You got to be willing to invest in your belief system. It's hard for you to believe that there's a life greater than you than your current system if everybody around you has the same belief. It's why they say if you be around five millionaires, you'll become the sixth one. It's because you just adapt the belief system. If you get around people who are solutionists, you stop complaining about what's wrong and you become the solution. I can guarantee when you get around five millionaires, all they're talking about is how do we advance? How do we invest in ourselves? How do we become better? They're not worrying about what's wrong. The problem is the people you around complain about what's wrong all day, every day. And they anchor themselves to it. They anchor themselves till we come from slavery. They anchor themselves till I was molested. They anchor themselves to, I come from a, a single parent household. They anchor themselves to, I went to prison. They anchor themselves to everything that's wrong instead of using what's wrong as empowerment. Listen, I'm not saying that you don't take a moment to feel what you felt. I think about it sometimes, like, damn, yo, I, I really felt abandoned at times in my life. My mama was in prison, my grandmother was away. I'm 15 years old in the streets of New Orleans. I felt abandoned. But 
I use that as a reason for me to be better. Never met my father a day in my life. I made that the reason why I'm a phenomenal father. I would sacrifice anything to just spend time with my daughter, and I do that. I'm not anchored to the pain because I've always invested in my belief. There is nothing in this world I cannot do. And no matter what you believe in, I want you to know that God didn't get you through what you went through for nothing. There's a purpose and there's an assignment on your life. And until you step into that, all you will ever see is what's in front of you. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. Thank you for another amazing episode of Trapping Tuesday. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this. Remember, we chopping this episode up, we dropping it, and every Thursday at 5 o'clock, we are on every streaming platform. I love you, I appreciate you, and I'll see you next week. Good night.